Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, you guys, we are back on the, another episode of the Best Life Podcast and where I'm trying to pull Danny away from just looking at dog memes and crying over them. Oh my God. You guys don't know this probably, but Jill sends me dog stuff and I just cry because I they're so cute. I Do don't you just know. cry out of cuteness? Yes. it's I just like want to squeeze all the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> you have issues. Okay. Um, I mean, and of course, if it's Pip, that is 100% justified. Oh my God. I cried over a picture of Pip the other day. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Who doesn't? But okay. We're pumped for this episode. So this is actually one that we have had on our list for quite some time, but we just haven't pulled the trigger because we've been doing other stuff. But we're excited because we want to talk about online business and kind of just for beginners into internet business. Obviously, you guys know that uh, Danny, Jay, and I both have a lot of history of doing coaching and online business, built our own businesses to multiple six figures, and uh, work with a lot of clients on just whatever. So for me, it's mostly fitness business, so personal trainers, health coaches, people who want to take what they do either in the gym or across the desk and bring that onto the internet using things like social media, blogging, YouTube, you know, email marketing, those kind of things. So we'll probably do some more advanced ones later, but for you guys who are maybe professionals and want to learn more about the internet and how to create products and services and courses that people can buy all over the world, this is for you. Boom. Yeah, this is exciting too, because I think so many people now, you know, so many people work at jobs, but because the internet is so prevalent and people can see the freedom that it provides, a lot more people want to figure out how to build a business online, whether it's full-time or part-time, just something on the side. But I think people can really see the benefit in having some online reach in business, just whether, just for freedom, for right there, you know, that yeah, alone. just even building a little bit of a presence. So if you're a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, health coach, someone who maybe isn't, you're not even in the health space, but you are, have a coaching kind of maybe a service provider of some sort and you go, okay, I could see how I could facilitate this over the internet. I could see how I could provide value because I'm an expert in what I do. And even if you just start it, like Danny said, on the side for a little bit, as you're working full-time doing something else, I mean, that's how both of us started is we were building, I was building Jill Fit and Danny was building her business at Sweaty Betty's both of us were working full-time still in the gym, working a ton of hours, personal training, and s- slowly over time was able to cut down on those in-person activities and do uh, go 100% online. But it took me about 18 months to make that shift. I think it can happen faster. I think I'm just a control freak. Yeah, I think it could happen faster. I think it could happen way slower Way too. slower. I felt like yeah. 18 months is kind of fast. I'm trying to think, actually. I can't even put a timeline on where, you know, where I think, because I feel like where it started and there was just so many overlaps that I can't tell. But I know that Jill does, you know, works with a lot of trainers, people who are coming out of the gym. And I did as well. But I also work with, you know, I coach people who have other service-based businesses too. Actually, one of my, uh, one of my clients that I've been working with more recently, and I've had a couple of these people is hairdressers. And it's interesting because at first on, when you start thinking about it, you're going, well, how can you cut hair over the internet? But it's, <laughs> but ultimately it's like education. So one of my girls, um, you can look her up. She's amazing. Hey, Elizabeth Fay. Um, she has Elizabeth Fay salons and she's running a large business. She actually teaches, she's like a trainer of other stylists. She teaches them 
biolage and different techniques. And she used to travel all around the country teaching these workshops. And now she's created something called Workshop in a Box, where she's basically teaching it online. So people can get these workshops, they can get the skills, but she doesn't have to leave. And she's got a, she's a single mom. And so it's really amazing. That's another thing. So I want you guys to think outside the box too, if you're not necessarily a trainer or something in the fitness space, that are there ways that you can be an educator in your space mm-hmm. and teach others to do what you do or share the expertise that you have in another in another industry. And I think it's a great opportunity, like for the hair space, not a lot of people are doing that. So there's a lot of opportunity in other spaces as well. So definitely like get your little wheels turning in your head if if you feel like the fitness part doesn't apply to you. Yeah, I think thinking outside the box is critical, especially because most of us like don't know. We have to kind of go like, okay, how would I deliver this over the internet? Mm-hmm. And some people don't know what their thing is. And so the way that we wanted to structure today's quickie podcast was maybe just, and it was hard to get a list of three things. So I said to Danny, why don't you get three kind of big takeaways or insights, things that you think are critical. And again, this is for newbies, right? This is for like just getting started beginners. You're like, I have a service-based business. I want to start building my platform on social media. I want to start reaching people all over the world. I want to start educating and adding value. What are three things that are critical for someone in the first, let's say the first like six months to one year of building their platform. And we both kind of picked our top three. So you want to do your one and then I'll do one and then you do two and I'll do two. Yep. Let's do it. So my first one is uh, be a true expert and master your craft. I think sometimes we get into online space because we had maybe a transformation of our own. For example, if you're a health and fitness coach, maybe you got certified, which is amazing. But I do think that because there are so many people, there's way more people now doing internet business than when Danny and I started, for sure. It's harder to break through. Everyone wants attention. When we first got started, we were bl- I was blogging con- pretty consistently, and it wasn't hard to get people to sign up for your email newsletter. Like They were much more likely to give away their email to you for you know all those kind of things. So breaking through, you really do have to master one specific thing, and you have to double down on that one thing strongly enough to break through. So a lot of times what I see with my clients is they're so multi-passionate that they never break through. They're going, I want to talk about mindset and I want to talk about fitness and I want to talk about nutrition. I want to talk about relationships and I want to talk about, because chances are they've already had their transformation through fitness, right? Mm-hmm. They've already they've already lost the weight or they've already changed their body or they already got stronger or whatever. So in their mind, they're like, well, I want to talk about mindset because it's so important. Unfortunately, most people who could use their services want to lose weight or they want to mm-hmm. change their body. They want to get consistent with their nutrition. And so So I do think it's important and it is a luxury to be able to go in all those different areas later. But if you try to go in all those different areas at once and never break through with something very clear, that is just you. Like I want people to think, oh, Jill, she's moderation 365. I want like I want people to just have know my name and know what that thing is. Like when I think of Danny, I think of find the money project, right? It's like this one thing that you have to break through with first and then after you break through and you start really gaining traction, then you can be like, hey, I know I said we were going to talk about fitness, but I also want to introduce mindset and why that's so important too. And so a lot of people that I work with are frustrated because where their passion lies is not where their expertise is mm-hmm. quite yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't really had as many hours. They haven't really broken through and they're struggling. So sometimes it means going with the lowest hanging fruit. So for you, maybe that's literally like you just have to bomb ass workouts and maybe you just break through with that. A friend of ours, Natalie Jill, shout out, you know, she is a expert, like multi seven figure business owner, knows business inside and out, has been doing it for years. And yet she doesn't want to coach on business because she loves fitness. And so her products and services are fitness based. 
she could go and do business if she wanted to, but she's just like, you know what? This is my thing. This is what people know me for. And she doubled down on that and has been extremely successful because of it. I love that tip. It's so, so true. You know, I have switched things since Sweaty Betty's, but I think if I hadn't started there, I couldn't have any of the success or the following, you know, now I had to start with the one thing and then you, you will get the luxury to do it, to change later. You know, I look at Shalene Johnson, she started in the fitness space and doing infomercials and now does business stuff and, and she's switched into more personal development, but I really do think that that's a really, really big key. So, yeah. I mean, a lot yeah. of people ask me about like at Jill Fit too. They're like, well, how do you do like all the different things? And I'm like, look, I like became known for workouts first. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Like, and that's, and most people actually found me through work, fitness and nutrition. And a lot of people who are in my business coaching programs now had a transformation fitness wise or, or nutrition wise with me. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, cool. Are you a trainer? Maybe you might want to learn online business, right? So you can take that customer or that reader or that follower in whatever direction you want once you have built up that trust yep. and you have to build up the trust with one specific thing. So get more niched, double down. It's good. You're going to feel like a broken record talking about all the same shit all the time, but that's what it takes because remember we put out 10 things, a, a listener or a reader might just see one of those 10 things. So yep. for us, it feels like, oh my God, it's so much repetition. I keep saying the same thing and you can say it in different ways, but you have to double down. Otherwise people do not know what you stand for and they don't know what you're about and they don't know how you can help them. Yep. I love that. Um, my first tip actually, and this this may be going against some other marketers or business people, but I found that it worked for me and I, I've seen it work over time is to build an audience first. So when I started Sweaty Betty's with my business partner, we actually didn't know what we were going to sell yet. We knew it was in the fitness space. We had some ideas, um, but we wanted it to be a different kind of fitness brand. So we started to build a following of the Sweaty Betty's. We had probably 25,000 fans on Facebook before we even launched our first product. And I think that this is important to build an audience first because if you don't have an audience, you're not going to have buyers. So sometimes we go, and, and it's kind of the catch 22. Uh, you know, I know I've heard people go, well, nobody's buying for me and I don't have an audience and I need to build an audience to get people to buy for me, which is why often you, you need to have your other job first. Like this is why you might be doing two things at the same time. You might have your day job while you're building this on the side and it to go all the way in, it's going to take some time. So building an audience first, I think is crucial. And that means building an audience based on what Joe is saying, based on your expertise, based on the, the topic at hand, being able to show up in ways, showing that you're the expert, that you're the one that they want to go to, that they think of you when they think of this thing and growing and growing. And I'm not saying that there's a minimum amount, like you need to hit 25,000 first because geez, Lord knows on Facebook, that'd be almost <laughs> impossible these days, at least organically. Paying, yeah. But I would just start to build a list, build an audience, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, wherever, but start building an audience before you even launch your first program. I love that so much. And it's, and it is so true. And it, it kind of is similar to my second one, which it's like very, it's tied very closely, which is you have to like this stuff, don't you? Because if you're constantly being like, I, you know, I've worked with people and I'm sure you have too who come to you and they're so, they hate their current reality so much that they're like, I need this online business to work because I have to quit this job. That's making me miserable. And whenever we approach it from a place of like urgency, anxiety, desperation, like it's just not going to last. It's yeah. the same thing in weight loss, right? If someone comes in like guns blazing, I need to lose 30 pounds the next month. They might lose the 30 pounds, but we know that they're going to hate life yep. and they're going to bounce back. Yep. Same thing in internet business. So yes, while Danny's like, we have to build an audience that might take six months, a year, a year and a half to then have earned enough trust. And I think one thing that people miss is that, so my second one was find a way to enjoy it because you're going to be doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that this sometimes gets missed because 
especially about marketing. You know, we, we see stuff in our feeds on social media and it's like, you know, make six figures in two months. And you're like, so we get caught up in the marketing of like, this seems so easy. Just like download my three top tips. And so I kind of blame marketing for keeping our expectations so high. Same thing in, in weight loss, right? Yep. So managing your expectations is going to be key. You have to take the long view. The reason why I see so many people quit and give up is because they feel like they should be this far along and they're not this far along yet. Yep. And they always go, the, the gap between where, the expectation gap, right? Between where I am and where I feel like I should be is so defeating and so discouraging that I just have to give up. This is just too hard. And and I would never tell someone that they have to stick it out if they're miserable, yep. but there's a difference between doing something hard and doing something that makes you miserable. And in my experience, it takes literally like at least two to three years to really build the viable business. Like, And so they say that it takes like three to five years. And I say, Yes, because the only people left at three years are the ones who had the tenacity to stick it out. Yep. And so you have to find a way to enjoy this. So what does that look like for you? So, you know, you have to, you kind of have to like social media on some, in some capacity. You have to enjoy having your phone on you and taking yep. videos and photos and doing things and like maybe ripping the bandaid off, getting professional photos done, taking some selfies, like people want to see you, especially if it's a personality brand. People want to see your face. They want to see you animate. They want to see your energy. So you have to maybe practice being on video. So you have to practice these things. They might be hard, but at the same time, the more you start to do them, the more you go, okay, I can actually have fun with this. And it needs to be. It cannot be so hard all the time and you're going at a pace that you can't keep up. So relax into it. Yep. <laughs> you have to relax into it. What is your strategy going to be? Is it social media posts maybe like five times a week? Is it every other day? Like what can you relax into and literally ask yourself, can I see myself doing this? If I never made one penny, yep. could I see myself doing this? Just because I have a message that I want to get out, that I want to help so many people. And even if I don't make a dime on this, this is my life's work. This is my purpose. I want to help people. And in my experience, it's the people who have that attitude that make the most money. So I know it sounds counterintuitive, right? Like, Jill, I wouldn't do this if I'm not making money, but you have to have the attitude that you would do it without yep. without making money. So building your platform and then earning the right to eventually ask for money and monetize. I love that. I'm sitting here nodding my head. I know you guys can't <laughs> see. My head's going crazy. But so it's like, okay, how? How do yep. we get, how do we share all of this? How do we build the audience? And yep. so for the next one I have is telling your story and being authentic. So for, to Jill's point of like, how can you do this for a long time? I think being authentic is the easiest way you can maintain. Because if you start off, and I'm so guilty of this, when I first started in the fitness industry, I tried to be somebody that I wasn't because I was trying to be what I thought a fitness model should look like. You know, I wanted to get the long hair extensions and the breast implants and like the fake tan. And I, ha I was trying to put on this, this show of what I think the fitness model industry was looking for, but I had a little different attitude. I had a nose ring. I had like some other things going on. I wasn't that commercial person and I just had a little bit of different ideas. And finally, when I came out with, with Sweaty Betty's, I was just ripping off the bandaid and kind of going, hey, this is going to be me and I'm just going to say it how it is. And actually, that was when my business started to grow because I was being more authentic. I was telling more stories. I was being who I was. And it was so much easier to maintain that. And today, it's still so much easier to maintain posting and talking about what I want to talk about when it's me. So telling your story, whether it's your coming up story, whether it's your uh, fitness, you know, your fitness story, whatever it is, there's a whole, we could do a whole other episode on, on storytelling, but just being authentic is going to help you be in the long game. It's going to keep you there because you are going to need, it is a long game. 
And the only way you can manage it is is by being you and being true to you. The faker you are, is faker a word? The faker <laughs> you are, the more exhausting it is and you're going to start to hate it. It's just going to be where it's not, you'll give up. So you've got to be real. I love it. And so how do you, for someone who goes either, I don't know who I am mm-hmm. or I don't, I'm scared to be myself. Again, we talk about this all the time, the confidence competence loop. You just have to kind of, and what you just said a few minutes ago is you got to show up, practice. It's like practice. You just do it over and over. And maybe it doesn't come out right the first time. And it's okay. Cause I think a lot of your stuff is going to, not going to suck, but it's not going to be as good. You know, I look back at my old YouTube videos and you look back at yours and our photos and we just laugh at the time. It was, that was the best we could do. And we thought it was great. And you just do your best and know that it will get better. And you'll know, you won't know maybe right in the moment if you're not being authentic, but as you get more and more clear, as you get more practice, you'll start to realize where maybe you were not being so true to yourself. I think it really comes down to practice and just showing up and showing up and showing up and going, yeah, maybe that, because I think, I don't ever think I was being fake until I stopped and I was going, yeah, I wasn't really being me, but I was doing what I thought needed to be done. It wasn't like a conscious decision necessarily. But I think that you'll start to, you'll start to find yourself as you weed your, you know, we all have influences. So we might be following Natalie Jill Fitness and Blogilates and Tone It Up Girls and all these, and we have all these influences. So maybe some of that rubs off on us and we start to speak that language or around certain mm-hmm. people. But ultimately, as you keep showing up yep. as yourself, you'll start to find your own voice. And I definitely was um, influenced, I'm sure, by other people I was following at the yep. time, maybe the way I spoke or maybe what I videoed, just looking at I remember the Jenna Marbles videos and like, she's got this very cut and I really wanted to do that kind of thing, but that's her, that was her style. That was her thing. And I think the influence is fine, but you'll get to know yourself and know your voice the more you do it. Yeah. I think the more you press publish, the more you learn about yourself. So I can tell you in my experience with my clients, it takes about 18 months, takes them about 18 months of consistent posting, consistent showing up to really like get who they want to be in the space and feel confident enough to rip the bandaid off and let people see them in that way. And I, I do think that it is valid that you're going to sound like someone else at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is because you don't know yet. You don't really know yourself. You don't know. And you also go, well, this person over here is successful. So I should just do and slot myself into what they're doing. You know, these side by sides, or I'm sure you saw on Instagram, like the green check mark, red X posts and things like that. And if that's authentic to you, like those kinds of infographics and, and do, jumping on some of the, the latest bandwagons in social media, then amazing. But if you're like, I'd actually rather pull my hair out than try to do those posts or have to do that stuff, then you know it's not for you. And it's just a call to go, okay, what is more authentic to me? Can I make this? So it's it's a combination of what are the strategies and gimmicks that I need to do, mm-hmm. but at the same time, tie it into the way that I like to do things. And so that takes practice. And in my experience or my clients, it's about 18 months of consistent posting. So publish and move, publish and move, publish and move, which kind of goes to my last, my number three tool, which is be as generous with your content and tools and insights as possible. Literally give it all away. So I give, and I know Danny's the same, we give about 95% of our content away for free, 100% for free on social media and blog posts and videos and email newsletters. And that is very strategic, by the way. So for me, I remember this one moment, it was so funny. It was when Metabolic Effect was like just getting started. Or Metabolic Effect had had a blog for like maybe a year or two. Jill Fit was just getting started. I read a book called Inbound Marketing. It's by a company called HubSpot. There's a couple of the founders of HubSpot wrote it. 
And it is all about how to, it's all about attraction marketing, right? It's all about content creation, inbound marketing, putting out things so that people will be attracted to your voice, attracted to your content, attracted to your uh, story or insights, and they'll want to eventually buy from you. So now we know that because everyone's doing that. But back in 2009, 2010, I know in the fitness space, we have a lot of scarcity in the fitness space. So we were holding everything like so close to the vest at Metabolic Effect. You know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. And we were constantly like, well, we can't put our workouts out because people will steal them. And we can't put our nutrition information out because people will steal it. And what really happened was we didn't put anything out and no one gave a fuck about us, right? (laughs) So like that was a lesson that it was only once we started giving away so much content and education and tools and insights for free that people were like, cool, I can get a low risk win with metabolic effects, I can get a low risk win with Jill without having to actually pay in and everything. And I'm a huge believer that we owe it to people that we wanna work with and we're gonna eventually ask money, like we owe it to them to show them the goods ahead mm-hmm. of the sale. To me, I love the idea that someone's gonna do my workouts on my blog or there's go- they're gonna like, you know, do some moderation 365 tactic that they learned on Instagram and they're gonna get a win. Yep. And it doesn't mean if they get away with your free content, they won't buy your paid content. I think sometimes we make that mistake. We think people are gonna steal our stuff and we're trying to keep it close to the vest. Here's the thing, people are probably gonna rip you off. If you're any good, luckily, yep. if you're any good, people will rip you off. And that's fine because you're first, right? Like good luck trying to be me. Everyone's always gonna be a step behind you. And then the second thing is if you don't allow for people to get a win with you for free, why would they ever purchase something from you if they haven't had that low risk win ahead of the sale. And so for me, 95% of my content is 100% for free. And then that last 5%, if I'm any good, I've now earned the right to ask for money for that last 5% that's in my products and services and it's behind after the, you know, the cart close button. Yeah. I know that that book was really big on that. And also I went to Experts Academy with Brendan Burchard and he talked about giving all the stuff away for free. And I thought at that point, I go, if I'm giving everything away for free, then what am I going to pay me? And I was like, what am I going to have left? Because he said, give away your best stuff for free. And I was going, well, what's, what do I, what do I charge them for? And the crazy thing about it is you get creative. You, you think of more things. I was thinking like, I'm only going to think there's only like five programs in my brain and that's all I can, all I can give. So I can't give it away because then I'm going to run out of ideas. But the more you create, the more you create. I know. I always say creativity begets creativity. It's just the way that your brain starts to work. So yeah, yeah, at times, like again, with scarcity mindset of like, oh my God, I have no more thoughts in my head. And like, look, you're going to go through ruts and things like that or creative ruts. But like, there's always something else. And the easiest way to come up with ideas for me is just ask people. Yeah. Literally, like, what do you struggle with? When you think of nutrition, what comes to mind? Like, what's the hardest part for you when it comes to exercise? Like, people will just tell you and they'll tell you a lot of shit. And that's market research. And that is good amazing information for you. Like you guys are all personal trainers, your health coaches, people are talking to you anyway. They find out you're a personal trainer. They're asking you questions about nutrition or supplements or, you know, sleep or stress and listen to those conversations. Don't just like pass them off like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. That's your content for the internet, right? Answer those questions, Q and A's all day long. Yeah. I love, I love this. And it's honestly, some of my best stuff came from giving my best stuff away because then I had to up level and create more better Yep. Stuff. More better. More better. <laughs> you got to make it more better. Whenever I get ripped off, like whenever someone steals my content, and yep. it happens to you too. I'm literally just like, what's next? I'm like, cool. Yep. It, like everyone's like, everyone's already on this. I'm like, what's next? I got to keep it yep. moving. You got to keep it going. Yeah. I think that was actually on my list too. So I skipped that one, but it was like give value before the sale. It, it really is like you have to give, give, give before anybody's going to think about investing. You know, you we've all been to Costco on a Saturday. They give those, they've got those samples all set up. It's not like somebody's just going to go have a whole meal on the 
sample. I mean, actually, some people probably do, but <laughs> yeah, they do. you know, you get they give away the sample because they want people to try it, and then the idea is that they are going to try it and they like it, so they're going to buy it. And of course, that doesn't happen for every person, but it might be in the back of your head. And maybe I didn't buy the sausage this time, but next time I'm looking for it, I'll go, oh, I remembered I did try that in the sample. It's just kind of the same idea too. It's we're giving people a sample of our work, and if you're not giving them your best stuff, then they might not think you have that good of stuff. Right. So you want to give them your best stuff. Love it. So my last tip was this. It's be ready to try and fail mm. and try again and try again and be okay with that. Um, I interviewed my friend Natalie Hodson for my mastermind, a mastermind call. And we were asking her what worked. And she she was telling us what worked for her. But she said, you guys have no idea how many things I tried that did not work. And it's interesting because we can go to all these marketing conferences. And Jill and I have been to a million where it's just we've seen so many people, so many things work for different people. It doesn't mean it works for everyone. So Natalie's business is literally she's got a seven-figure business on $37 eBooks. And she's not done any courses, any $300 price point, any high ticket mm. price point. And then we've gone to other coaches where they're like, you have to make all your money on high ticket. It's got to be 2000 or more. It's got to be 10,000 or more. We've seen people just do courses, video courses only. So the reality is, is that you might have to try a couple different things to sell before you see what sticks with your audience, what you enjoy doing. I know personally, there are certain kind of products I don't love doing. I do like doing video content. I do like doing webinars. Some people hate webinars. So be ready to try things and not just be attached to the outcome. Ready to try and then try again. And also realize that a failure isn't really a failure. It's just leading you in the direction of what's going to work. So it's like that Thomas Edison quote of he tried 10,000 ways, it, not 10,000 failures, but he found 10,000 ways that didn't work. So now he knows. So I think you have to along with the the tip that Jill gave of being in the long game is be ready to try, you know, whether it's a program, an ebook, a video, a video course, there's so many things, there's so many ways to make money online. There's if somebody tells you there's only one way that you can only do high ticket, that's bullshit. If they say you can only do ebooks, that's bullshit. There's so many ways to make money on the internet. You just have to find what you love doing, what's going to work for you, what your audience is buying and and just keep trying. Yeah, I love that so much because, you know, honestly, like we had to say like one thing that makes people successful in the long run is resiliency. I think sometimes, especially because, you know, you and I are probably like, you know, we're recovering perfectionists. I think a lot of people who are listening to us are probably too. So sometimes we make our failures about us mm -hmm. instead of just looking at it clinically. So one of the things that I teach my girls is, you know, just because something like didn't perform like you thought it was going to, or because you didn't sell as many as you thought you were going to, or you didn't have any clients, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing this. It doesn't mean the product or service is even bad. To me, I just go, that's a marketing problem. Mm -hmm. We haven't figured out the way to talk about this service yet so that people look at it and go, oh, holy shit, I need that. And so to me, I think there's a lot of power in just getting clinical with your failures and not looking at it like, oh, it means I am bad. I shouldn't be doing this. It's so easy to go down the path of discouragement and defeat. And I know, like, especially if you have a couple in a row, you're like, holy shit, like no one wants me anymore, right? <laughs> and so, but I do think it is the people who are the most resilient and the more, more, most tenacious that make it in the long run because everyone else gives up. You know, like that resiliency and not taking your failures personally, I think really is is the ticket for, for the long game. And yes. most people are not there. It's yes. a 1% interaction. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, getting clinical going, what could I have done different? Or maybe just wasn't the right thing. timing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be anything. You're not communicating it effectively. And so I think it's really like, there's a lot of freedom in just detaching from the emotional part of it and going like, okay, back to the drawing board. Do I need to add something else? Do I, you know, you can, I love the idea that you can just get so creative with this stuff. 
Yeah. And this, you know, going back to the comparison trap too, we can look at people with their, they're like six figure businesses, seven figure businesses. But like Natalie said, you have no idea how many things I tried that did not work. So we have to realize when we're looking at somebody's successes, we don't know how many failures they got to get there. We don't know the whole story. So when it comes to the comparing, just try to stay away from that and focus on your own stuff and see where you can just get back on the horse, get back on the horse. Cause it's going to, your success will come, but it's not going to come if you quit. No, for sure. And a lot of people will quit. So to me, I'm like, Hey, there's a huge opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but I, I, I like this. A lot of it that we talked about was tactical, like how to do stuff. And then a lot of it was like mindset based. So hopefully you guys have a, a good place to get started. Obviously I know that Danny does, you know, Dan does coaching. I do coaching. If you guys are interested in more of this kind of thing, of course you can always reach out to us in a DM. You can have the conversation on our closed Facebook group. Um, if you just go to the bestlifepodcast.com, join our closed Facebook group. Let's continue this conversation there. And then let us know based on this content, what else what other questions do you have about this? So if we wanted to do more business, A, are you interested in this stuff? Is this even interesting to you? I know it's a little bit off topic from more of our relationship-based stuff, but we were actually out last night <laughs> and a friend of ours was like, who listens to the podcast was like, do you ever just do like light topics? <laughs> and here we are getting ready to do an interview tomorrow about someone else who's a friend of ours whose husband had an affair. So it's going to be a lot, but you know, so I know that this isn't necessarily light, but a little bit different. If you guys are interested in more of this content, let us know exactly what you're struggling with or what your questions are. And we'll probably do at some point do a part two, maybe more advanced strategies, maybe more nitty gritty. If you want more tactical, like how to do stuff, then we can do that as well. Love it. Cool. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll We'll talk to you soon.